Today's episode is proudly sponsored by the Rising Tide Mastermind. Each and every year, the Rising Tide Mastermind gets together in Atlanta for a live event. This is one of the most anticipated events within the Rising Tide Mastermind. Normally, we have a Zoom call each and every week, but this is where we all come together and we become better friends. We learn more about each other and we help each other with their issues. It is my favorite thing and I'm sure it is going to be your favorite thing to look forward to if you were a member of the Rising Tide Mastermind. Mastermind. That could be a possibility to find out if the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you and you are right for the Rising Tide Mastermind. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind and you can schedule a 15 minute call with me to find out more. Welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm your host, Trace Blackmore, certified water technologist. I've been the host of this podcast for years, and I hope for many years to come. One of my favorite things to do is to host this podcast for all of our listeners, which of course we call very fondly, the Scaling Up Nation. So thank you for listening to this podcast. So much going on, so much I want to tell you about. And one of the great mediums that we have available to us is this podcast format because it allows us to grow a little bit each and every week, a bite-sized piece at a time. So I can't cover everything all on one podcast, but I can cover some things each and every podcast. And one of the ways that we do that, and if you listen to this show, you know what I am going to say is for you, the Scaling Up Nation member, the Scaling Up Nation listener, to let us know what you want us to talk about. We use all of that information that you send to us to generate our show ideas, to plan our calendar, to invite guests, to do everything to make sure we are bringing you the show that you want to listen to. So thank you for all the people that continue to do that out there in the Scaling Up Nation. One of the things that we also do is we look at where our show is being downloaded. And I will tell you, when I first started this show, I had no idea how successful it would become. And to look at our numbers today with the numbers of downloads, while we're in tens of thousands of downloads, that's just amazing to me. And we're in so many countries. In fact, we are hitting the charts and rising in South Korea and Spain. So for all the listeners in South Korea and Spain, thank you so much for tuning in to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. It is just amazing to me that through this microphone that resides in Atlanta, Georgia, reaching water treaters all over the globe. 
and not only reaching those water treaters, but uniting those water treaters to create the Scaling Up Nation. And each and every day, that Scaling Up Nation gets a little bit stronger. And it's my hope the next time that you are feeling isolated, you know that you are not alone. And all you have to do is tune in to the Scaling Up H2O podcast and you know that there are water treaters all around the world that are going through the same thing, the same type of day, similar issues as you are, and I hope that gives you strength. I hope that makes you proud, and I hope that gives you a little bit extra energy to get through whatever it is that you are going through And also knowing that you can always tune into this podcast to learn a little bit more about our industry. So with all of that, one more time, I want to thank all the listeners out there. It is just amazing to see what this podcast is doing for so many people in so many countries. Speaking of different countries, we are listing all other association and industry-related events on this podcast, and we started doing this quite a while ago, and I didn't know if this was informative, if people liked it, but we are getting so much feedback that people had no idea that so much around water was available and people are finding these events through our podcast and they are learning more about their craft. So let's talk about Shanghai, China. Aquatech China is taking place June 5th through June 7th. This is hosted by the Water Quality Association, and this is a trade show that is all around our industry around products and services. So if you are in the Shanghai, China area and you want to find out more about this event, of course, you can go to our show events page where we always have all the information we mention on this show in a very searchable format and a very easy to put into your calendar format as well. Of course, you can just click away to go directly to the trade show or event or anything that we're talking about. You can click straight to make all your reservations, all your plans, and then you can put a calendar invite right into your calendar simply by clicking on buttons in our show events page. So we try to make it as easy as possible for you. So if you haven't been there in a while, or if you can't keep track of all of the things that I am bringing to you each and every week, you don't have to. We made that very easy for you on our events page. Something else you might want to look into is the Stormwater Summit 2023 taking place June 27th through June 29th. Now, this is in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's a conference held by the Water Environmental Federal Stormwater Institute. So this is crafted to deepen the technical knowledge of professionals all around the world involving the challenges in managing stormwater in a changing world and provide in-person and virtual forums where leading issues in the sector are discussed. We'll have all of this information, of course, on our events page. 
The last one I'll mention today is the Smart Water Summit taking place September 10th through 12th in Scottsdale, Arizona. For North American water utilities, this event is all around resolving industry concerns around operational technology, extreme climate events, and political hurdles. To learn more about this event, you can go to our events page, and of course, that's at scalinguph2o.com. Nation, when was the last time you defined excellence in our industry? When was the last time that you defined excellence within yourself? These are the things that I want you to think about today during our interview. Around water treatment excellence, how do you define that? Maybe it's a commitment to our industry. Maybe it's being trusted by your company or maybe being trusted by your customer. Maybe it's saving water. Maybe it's saving energy. Maybe it's just saving overall operating budget for your customer. Maybe it's creating that return on investment where they've invested in something and after so many months, they're now making money based on whatever that recommendation was that you gave to that customer. Or maybe it's extending the life of the equipment that you are charged with treating. Or maybe it's something like the mission statement of this podcast, raising the bar in the industrial water treatment industry. Maybe you define that because you are in this industry, your efforts are raising that bar. The question really is, have you thought about how you define excellence? And have you thought about, if you have thought about how you define excellence, how do you prove to others that you are promoting excellence in the industrial water treatment industry? Well, I truly believe that that is what the center of the Certified Water Technologist designation is all about. And that is the premise of today's interview. My lab partner is Connor Hanrahan of Industrial Water Engineering. Connor, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Trace, howdy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. You and I met, I think it was about a year ago at the AWT technical training when we were in Cleveland. Is that right? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you did the the sales portion, and uh, I think you did the math as well. And I feel like we made fairly fast friends, and you know, just kind of been in awe of everything you have going on. So, real honor to kind of be a part of this. Thanks so much. Well, we appreciate you coming on. You know, I think back, I've only known you for a year. You were one of those people when I first met. I felt like I've known forever. Yeah. So sometimes that just happens, and uh, here you are. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we both have a pretty like uh, sunny disposition towards things and uh, synced up pretty well. So I've been so excited that we've had more and more reasons to, to interact and get together. Yeah, totally agree. So uh, the Scaling Up Nation can appreciate who they're speaking with right now or who they're listening to anyway. Do you mind giving us maybe a Cliff Notes Reader's Digest version of Connor Hanrahan? Yeah. So I'm in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
kind of back in my hometown, and I'm the technical manager for industrial water engineering, or IWE, kind of the largest company in the Southwest for industrial water treatment. Yeah, again, I'm on the technical side there. It's been a great place. I've been here a few years. Before that, I worked for GE Water Suez for seven, eight years and decided to move back home, back in Albuquerque, work with IWE now. Really great place. You're from Albuquerque. You now return to Albuquerque. I got to come out and see you during the balloon fiesta this last, uh, what was that, October? Every October. That was fantastic. Best time in Albuquerque by far. First two weeks of October. Perfect weather. And the balloon fiesta is just wild, right? There are hundreds of balloons every morning filling the skies. And you came out to put on a workshop for us, and which was terrific. But it was very funny, interrupted by lots of oohs and ahs looking out the windows, right? And most of those oohs and ahs were from me because you guys are used to it. They were all from you. Yeah, I should have had it. They were all from you. <laughs> yeah, that was fair. I don't know how you get any work done during that week. And, and folks, you can just not believe this. I mean, it's not like, oh, I see a hot air balloon or there's two or three up there. I mean, there are hundreds in the sky. It is amazing. So neat. And they don't have steering wheels. You know, that's kind of the wild thing. Now that I'm like grown up and was gone for a while and came back, like they don't have steering wheels. They're just going up and down. Like they're just kind of descending on the city for a couple of weeks. It's really, it's really a pretty wild time, but it is wonderful out. So I'm glad you're able to hit that while you're out here. That was great. It was fantastic. And you were explaining to me that there's a box effect that where the mountains and I guess where the balloon field is that uh, you can go up a little ways and go a certain direction. You come down a little ways and you go back the same direction. I guess that's why they have it there. That's exactly right. That's why the International Balloon Fiesta, the biggest balloon fiesta in the world, ended up in Albuquerque. I think we have naturally good climate, you know, around that time dry, you know, cold conditions, but there's also a natural air current that creates a box and they have a race every year that, you know, kind of takes them around and back over. So yeah, a neat place for that. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get some people that go to the balloon fiesta next year from listening to this podcast. So unofficially, this podcast is sponsored by the balloon fiesta. (laughs) Awesome. Connor, I'm curious, how did you get into water treatment? Man, it's so funny. Like from where I'm at now, there's nothing else that I would that I would be doing. Uh, but it was somewhat happenstance. I went to did my undergrad at a small school in just outside of Austin, Texas, called Southwestern University, and a liberal arts school. I was very interested in a lot of things, and ended up my parents, you know, really pushed me to make sure I got something in the science fields. So I got a bachelor of arts in physics. And was looking around after graduation and was pretty, you know, somewhat aimless, uh, not sure what I was going to do. And a family friend introduced me to a professor of chemical engineering at New Mexico State. And he was doing experiments at the Brackish Groundwater National Desalination Research Facility, which is a mouthful, Bigendorf. And we really hit it off. And he said, come be a graduate student with me and we'll study water. And coming from the Southwest, from the arid Southwest, growing up in New Mexico, water shortages and droughts were always things that we talked about and heard about. And I think I always had, you know, some interest in doing something water related because of that. And 
meeting with this professor and wanting to extend my higher education, it was like perfect opportunity. So I joined his team at New Mexico State, got my master's degree. And uh, really, since I've finished that, it's kind of been like, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Trace. There's a Japanese term. I believe it's ikigai. Are you familiar with that? I don't think I am. So it's, uh, I think it's kind of summarized as like your reason for being. And they've got this cool like Venn diagram of like interests and what the world needs and what you're good at and kind of where it all comes together is your ikigai. And for me, like that is just so clearly water. Uh, It's where like my passion, where I can make a living, something that the world or, you know, the Southwest needs. What did you get your undergraduate in? I'm sorry, your, uh, your master's in. That was a master's in chemical engineering. Got it. So you're not playing around. Yeah, it was a, definitely a great start for the field that we're in. We were getting pretty pretty deep in the minutia. We were doing uh, some really neat kind of high recovery electrodialysis reversal. Uh, got a paper published in a journal, published a thesis on it. And uh, it was like a pretty deep dive into the minutia of water chemistry and, you know, common ion effects and saturation indices and all of these things that we all, you know, sort of dance with now in our jobs. What do you do besides water treatment? What are some of your hobbies? Yeah. So being back in the Southwest, I was in the South for about a decade. Really, really happy to be in the Southwest. Big outdoors. Met a lot of friends. We got a good rock climbing group. We do a lot of hiking. Um, So really nice sort of like environment out down here in the Southwest for that sort of stuff. Weeknights, weekend nights, I am a professional improviser, which is uh, (laughs) kind of funny. Really, I just, you know, kind of made it to being part of a company here in uh, Albuquerque. We put on a weekly, uh, about a weekly show, which is great. The nice sort of like outlet for, you know, sort of a different part of myself, more of like a creative silly part and something I've been doing since high school now, uh, pretty continuously. I didn't know that. I always, that's, that's fantastic. I always recommend when people are getting into sales that they do some sort of improvisation. And I'm sure you've done this exercise where whatever the last person that, uh, that just did their skit, uh, you've got to continue it on with yes and. Have you done that? That's on the crest of the improv world, right? Yes and, the most important two words there are. And I totally agree. I think it's so important. I think for sales, I think, man, just for like social, like interacting and like having fun with people. I just think it's such a wonderful skill. And I appreciate it as an art form. But I think everybody can like learn so much just from the present listening and the agreement that you kind of are forced to develop within improv. Have you taken your team to do improv with you? No, I haven't. I'm always like a little bit shy to invite, you know, especially coworkers, even friends and such. Improv, when I perform it, it's a very like silly art. And there will be times when I'm playing, you know, like a milkmaid or something like that. And there's just there's a trust level. And I think we're getting there. But, you know, I'm new and I'm in a kind of management technical role with this company. So we'll get there. Well, I'm getting tickets next time I'm in town. Awesome. Trace, you'd get it immediately. You'd probably be comfortable up on stage with me. We'd crush it. 
<laughs> it's a date. I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. Well, tell the Scale It Up Nation what your typical day-to-day is like. Yeah, man, I have a great job here. I'm so thrilled with kind of how how everything has worked out here at Industrial Water Engineering. Again, I work as a technical manager, so I have four employees that are account managers that report to me. They're all very like seasoned, just awesome, awesome gentlemen. And so that part's pretty easy. Most of my day-to-day is on the technical side, and that's what I love. I think they'd all tell you I'm a bit of a nerd. They're right. I love love water chemistry. It's like my favorite thing about this job that like the more I learn, the less I know, right? You just open up like bigger fields of questions. I think that's the best part about our job. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Water is just, it touches so many aspects of our lives and it just, it is like pretty endlessly complex in a beautiful way. So most of my day is sort of technical troubleshooting, And I would say the thing that I'm proudest of that we're kind of in the process of rolling out are a series of water savings awards that we've achieved kind of for or with our customers. And we're on track. I think we're sitting at about 15 million gallons of water that have been saved kind of between last year and this year with different projects that we've done with our customers, mostly revolving around increasing cycles of concentration or concentration ratio at cooling towers and boilers, but I've really been working on like quantifying these things and being able to present them in a way to say like, hey, excellent work, right? Like we're not just selling you water chemicals, like we're doing real like engineering and valuable work out in the world. And really that is like my top ultimate passion. And I feel so lucky that I get to work on that every day or most days at least over here at IWA. It's amazing how much water that we in this industry can save. I say this in my training classes, that if those people go through and become either a a lead GA or a lead AP to help buildings become less carbon-using facilities, they talk about how do we consume less water. But normally the talk is about how do we reduce the flow of toilets or hand-washing things like this. And and that's all great stuff that definitely reduces the amount of water. But you just said millions of gallons in a year with the cooling tower and the boiler. And that is just such a large amount. And we all have that ability to make that happen. Trace, I love this. We have a customer who asked me recently, he's a facilities manager, and asked me, he said, put me together a proposal that would be how much water we would use if you guys weren't here, right? And I was like, I thought it was such a strange ask and was like, wow, I'm not sure how to approach this. But what I did is I used their makeup water and we got onto French Creek, the water cycle program, and we cycled it up until the water would scale out, right? So that's kind of the theoretical limit at which case water chemistry takes it from there. Right. But that's as high as you could get without water chemistry. And it was like 1.3 cycles of concentration or concentration ratio because we have tough water down here in the Southwest. We had a lot of calcium. We've got a lot of silica. So then we're running this cycles of concentration closer to four cycles. Right. So that's our value right there. And we were able to quantify it. And that right there was like six or seven million gallons of water per year that was being saved through the use of water chemistry. 
And I thought that was so neat and it was very fun to like be able to present to him. That sounds like an amazing customer to ask for that. Right? I know. He's like, it was very cool. He's like a young facilities manager. And I was like, dude, great question. And you're probably going to do that for all your customers now, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the big users. Be like, hey, just, just so you know, this is the value, right? Awesome. Well, hey, one of the things you almost instantly did when you and I met was you were asking me questions about the Rising Tide Mastermind. And you joined relatively quickly from uh, when you and I first met. I wanted to ask why. Man, I don't feel like I joined quickly enough. You know, I think you presented it again. I think we hit it off well. You presented it to me kind of back in Cleveland. I think I joined right after Vancouver, which was, what was that, like September, October? I think that sounds right. You know, I was hesitant because I'm, though I'm not new to water treatment, I'm new to AWT and I didn't feel like I had a big footing like with a lot of these folks, right? I'd gone to the conferences, I'd met some of these people, but I didn't feel like I, I had much of a footing yet. And I say that I joined too, too late, not really, it was perfect timing, but I just feel like so quickly it has like pulled me into a group of people and a community within the water treatment industry that I am so thankful for. Like I feel so different what like four or five months in and like in terms of how just like professional development and having some friendships outside of my organization and like the support. And there's also been like some business development there. Like I've met people that have helped me through some technical pro troubleshooting that have supplied me with some chemicals that I was not aware of. Like masterminds has been so great that the only reason I say I should have joined sooner is because I don't know what my hesitation was. And my hesitation was not based in reality. The whole experience has just been great. I think most people, when they join, they join on faith. They kind of understand it, but until you get involved, you really don't understand it. So you're hoping everything that we've talked about is going to come true. And then you're now in with a new group of people that you don't know. And so all those things coming together, it makes sense why somebody might be a little bit nervous at first, but definitely the payback is worth it, you think? Oh, man. You know, the other thing that I was nervous about was, you know, there's an accountability system and each quarter you have an accountability partner and, you know, you're working through your quarterly goals and with that partner. And I was nervous about that because I just, you know, I feel young for the industry in some ways, or at least for some of these people who are business owners and just really high level, high functioning professionals. And there's ways in which I feel young and it's wild to me, right? Because our backdrop is that we are all water treatment professionals, right? But then from there in my quarterly, so we meet weekly with our accountability partner and there has just been a great deal of like vulnerability and trust and partnership in these meetings that's just been amazing. I'm so thankful for it. I'll let you know that the accountability aspect of the mastermind is probably the one thing that scares a lot of people away. When we talk about that, people are either craving that or it terrifies them. And I think it's okay to be terrified 
if you want to improve that, but there's so many people out there that just don't want to be held accountable. And when I do my interviews, a lot of times when we decide that it's not the best fit, it's normally around them being held accountable and somebody else holding them accountable of what they're going to get done. How do they get further faster with all of those things? Yeah, I totally get that. But from somebody that was moderately scared about that vulnerability and like transparency, like it has been a huge blessing to my personal life, career, et cetera, is powerful. When I first started the mastermind a little over four years ago, which is hard to believe, I really thought it was going to be more technical conversations. And I am surprised at how little technical comes up and how much personal and financial and you name it comes up. I mean, we're our own board of directors with each other. Did that surprise you as well? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Technical is like offline, like let's maybe do some emails if we need to get into that. But it's like 100%. Like this is like going on in my life. Yeah. Not too long ago, I had a technical issue and I put it out. We have uh, a couple of group texts that we do. We have one for our specific group. And then we have another one that has everybody within the mastermind. And we're well over 60 members now. And uh, I had just never seen this thing before. And I put that out with a picture on the group text. And within seconds, somebody said, give me a call. I know exactly what you're experiencing. How cool is that? Yeah. And Trace, you know, the other thing I feel like, you know, we're all kind of part of this like shared kind of group and experiment and, you know, thing that we're really committed to. Everybody in my group is like so committed to this process. And, you know, Reed Hutchinson's leading our group and he's badass and awesome. And it's uh, a great way to describe him. Yeah. And like everybody's so bought in. And the impact of that is that. Like, I feel like I have friends throughout the water world now. And when I worked for a big company for years, I didn't feel like I knew anybody. Like, it was a very lonely experience. And I knew, you know, my coworkers, but that was about it. And that is like, it is so big for me to feel part of a community. And like, very much, we have a live event coming up. I'm so excited for that. And then for AWT, like being able to show up and just like know people and care about them. Yeah, such a gift, such a gift. Something that took place that I wasn't expecting with the mastermind is how it enhances the AWT experience. I've seen this happen at every conference since the mastermind. Uh, somebody will go grab somebody else and say, hey, remember that problem that you were having? I just found somebody you need to talk to. Let me go introduce you. I've seen that happen multiple times. I've seen entire groups walking through the exhibit hall, having conversations on what they're going to look at next. It just heightens the entire experience because now you're with a group of people that you trust. Love that. Your friends. Yeah. Connor, just recently, you passed a very difficult examination, and I want to congratulate you because you passed your certified water technologist examination. Yeah. And I was hoping that we could let the Scaling Up Nation know all about the CWT through your eyes, what you experienced, maybe even some tips that you can share with them. So uh, we can get some more CWTs out there. 
this is all new to me. Working for GE Suez, uh, CWT was never part of the conversation. So this was all new to me. And I am such an enormous fan of it. We're in the process of getting more within our organization. And I just think the CWT is a wonderful program. So, you know, to give some background, like we talked about, I came out of a very technical field. It was like specifically water chemistry. I'd done this for a long time. But then I showed up my first day working for GE Water. And man, you know, I couldn't have pointed out, maybe I could have pointed out a cooling tower, but, you know, I couldn't have told you what an air-cooled chiller was or any of this stuff. And there's just such an unbelievable learning curve in our industry, right? And like water chemistry is maybe like a third or, I don't know, a quarter, but then there's like all this equipment and then there's, you know, your pumps and like all your, your water treatment equipment, like there's just so much to know. And when I was at GE, I think I was very fortunate. I was at a big refinery and I was able to touch a lot of these things, right? Like we had high pressure boilers, and deaerators and deionization and waste treatment and influent clarify. Like we had all these things, right? And touching those things makes it so much easier, at least for me as a learner. And I think for most people, to like grasp kind of the fundamentals of how they work, right? But there's just, it is such a big field and there are always going to be things that you just, you don't know yet, right? And you, you, you may encounter at some point. And I think the CWT does such a good job of setting a bar, right? For like treatment excellence or for knowledge that should be generally applicable within the industry, And that was something that I did see when I was with a big company is that the knowledge levels varied so tremendously. Like we had a fairly sharp team because our manager was really hard and very serious about that. But we'd go visit other people and man, it could just be all over the place. So I love the CWT for this reason that it sets kind of a standard for water treatment knowledge And I'll be honest, the exam was harder than I expected. Very solid on all the chemistry. I've done a lot of equipment stuff. Dude, that 200 questions is pretty tough. They do not joke around with those. Dude, that, you know, by the end of three-ish hours, like, oh, this is, yeah, this really took it out of me. So great test. I, I love kind of the spirit of it, why it's there. I think it's so important and absolutely would encourage everybody make the time and commit to it. And that's, you know, that's what I think the biggest thing is, is that commitment, right? That you kind of get serious and would love to talk about kind of our strategy for studying for it, because I think you were a big influence in that. Well, I I think that'd be a great thing to talk about. Uh, I did want to ask you, when you started working for IWE, was the message you need to get your CWT or did you go in there saying, that's something I want to get working here? Yeah. So IWE has always been very clear that the CWT is the expectation for everybody on the technical side of our company. So it was in my initial sign-on, you know, a commitment to get CWT. And has been kind of, yeah, like, all right, it's a matter of when, right? And it's the same for our account managers. Okay, you've moved up from a service tech now, you're an account manager, it's a matter of when. When are you going to get your CWT? So we've got, you know, I think we had eight on staff, I think we're down to four or five. 
So we're getting those numbers back up. But no, that's a very big part of industrial water engineering, IWE's kind of commitment to service. I love that. That shows the customer and everybody that knows about your company that uh, you're dedicated to making sure that you've got those educated people, that you're making sure that they're staying top in their field. And it just says so much about the people that work there and the company. Yeah, there's big commitment to training here. You know, Les did a great job. Bernadette continues to do a great job with that commitment to training. And that's, you know, that takes time from everyone, but I think that's how you maintain an excellent organization. There was a comic strip and I can't remember who gave it to me and what comic strip it was, but it was uh, two managers talking to each other and they said, uh, well, what if we train somebody and they leave? And the other manager said, well, what if we don't and they stay? (laughs) I love that. I think that's like so similar to Richard Branson's sort of philosophy with his companies he talked about in his auto, his autobiography, which was like, train them so well that they can leave, but choose to stay because of what type of a company you are. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Right. Like these guys would be excellent working for a big company or who, you know, whomever, but hopefully they see the value that IWEs put into training and it truly, you know, it's, it's hours and hours, but I think it's also something that we enjoy doing, right? Well, it's my belief that we have thousands of potential CWTs listening to this podcast and they just need to take that first step or they just need to get past a little bit of nerve so they can take that first step. And I'm hoping we're going to help a lot of those individuals today. So can we talk about how you prepared to pass the Certified Water Technologist Examination? Trace, I'm so thankful for, I think this was a Masterminds book, but truly this like gave me the roadmap. Otherwise, it would have been my standard kind of procrastination and chaos (laughs) leading up to the exam. Well, and the other important part here is I did my training by holding trainings for my four employees that are all uh, looking to also pass the CWT. I love that. Yeah. And that absolutely, like if you've been in the field a while, you feel pretty good, like train somebody else, right? Because then that puts you in that educator seat, which we know forces you to like have the knowledge down pat. And then it's also like giving, right? You're also giving the training to somebody else. But I think because of that, because I set out to kind of help other people pass this, I had to have a framework, right? And so you had us read The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran? Correct. So The 12-Week Year, right? And the goal there is to break down your your planning and all of your, you know, what goal you want to accomplish into a 12-week, about a one-quarter period. And that's exactly what we did. So January 1st, we're starting our CWT training, right? And each week, we have these goals to reach. And by the end of Q1, we're going to be ready. And I love this, Trace, because just like he talks about in the book, we could have done this on an annual. We could have said this year we're going to pass the CWT. And what would we have done? We'd have stretched it out. We'd have missed some sessions. It would have fallen apart, I think, or been less productive. But instead, we can stay focused for one quarter, and we did a great job. So each week on Friday afternoons, 
we set out about a half chapter of the AWT technical manual. And I think that that's considered probably, you know, maybe the best overall resource for the CWT is to go through the technical manual. Without a doubt. So that's about six chapters that are covered in the exam. So we went through those six chapters, about half a chapter per week, and read the chapter and then discussed it on Friday. And again, I was kind of leading the discussion. And what we brought in was there are the analyst quizzes that are available at the AWT website. If you click through some of the library and education sections, So I downloaded all the analyst quizzes and then kind of sorted them into which section they would fit best with, right? Whether it's pre-treatment, cooling towers, or boilers. And then when we met for those sections, we would do the analyst questions together. So that took us about 10 weeks. And that's, you know, the first chapter and the sixth chapter are both very short. So it took us about 10 weeks to get through the AWT manual answering some analyst questions. On the 10th week, we took your test, right? So you put together such a good training platform, Trace. Most of it is a practice exam for the CWT test. So after we'd done all of the reading and discussion on each section of the CWT AWT manual, we took your test on that 10th week. And man, such a like gut check, good or bad. And then when I took the test about a week, two weeks later, such such excellent material compared to the test, right? So like such a good preparation. So the training I think was very digestible. We committed to it. We got it done in a quarter. Uh, My guys haven't taken the test yet. A lot of them had vacation during the first quarter. So they put it off a couple weeks, but we'll be there shortly. I love the program that you put together. That's, That's just amazing. You began with the end of mine. You said, this is the end result. This is what we're going to do each and every week. Uh, you followed the 12-week year exactly. I'm curious. I'm sure there was a week or two that you got off. How did you make up for that? You know, there wasn't. And really? I, think I, was, I was so committed to this, Trace. I, uh, yeah, you know, CWT is a big deal here at IWE. And I feel like I maybe could have done it earlier, but I kind of, I wanted to do it this time. I wanted to do it with you know, some of my coworkers to do it all together. And so I was, I was pretty like rabid about getting this done each week for 12 weeks. And again, I think that's what the 12 week year kind of helped me do is like, Connor, you can commit for one quarter to do this. You know, some of the guys were out occasionally on one of the weeks, one of the Fridays, but, uh, I was very, I was very dogged and determined and, uh, we held them each Friday. We got it done. And then the greatest blessing, Trace, was that I took my test last Monday. I studied a couple hours the weekend before I took it because I felt so ready, right? Like that's a first for me. I'm such a crammer. (laughs) That is a first for me not to be like Sunday night, like, you know, going to bed at two and trying to read, (laughs) read the AWT manual like that weekend. 
The CWT exam is supposed to be a culmination of all the knowledge that a water treater has experienced within the past five years. So they say there's really no way you can study for it, but we all know that there's certain things you need to brush up on, make sure you've got terminology right. And it sounds like you just created the the perfect time frame with the the right expectations. I, I love what you set up. Great job. Thank you. Yeah. And again, without the 12-week year, I think that gave us the, the right roadmap for it. So for anybody thinking about it, would absolutely say pick a quarter that you think it's doable, get it done in that quarter. Because if you've got your five years, I completely agree. You've heard the terms, you've been around these things, and you've probably heard the information before. Like commit to a quarter, get your test scheduled and get it done because it feels great. I cannot wait for the next AWT conference, be able to celebrate that. And we get to go every year, right? Because that's how you got to get your training credits or a way to get your training credits. So that's a huge bonus for us. That's like, we're in. Yeah, for everybody listening, when you go to an AWT convention, you get five points. When you go to a technical training seminar, uh, you get 15 points. So that's definitely how you get the bulk of your points. And that's what most people do. They go to convention every year and or they go to a couple of trainings. And those quizzes that you mentioned that are on AWT, that's a 100% free way that you can get all your continuing education units from the comfort of wherever you want to do it. Yeah, those are great. Those are pretty challenging. A lot of those, you know, they really get into some of the minutia, but man, especially getting into, you know, for me, like the phosphonates and polymers and all of these things like that, that's valuable stuff. So those quizzes were cool. One of the items that you mentioned was the Scaling Up Academy CWT practice exam course. Uh, how did you use that uh, to make sure that you were confident enough to go and pass that exam? So again, we bought that course at the beginning of our 12-week plan, and then we had discussion about it. And I said, guys, what I would like to do is spend 10 weeks going over the course material, doing our reading, and then that's going to be our gut check, right? Then we're going to take that course and find out really where we are. And I'd never done this before. I wasn't sure what your test would be. There were a lot of unknowns, but it worked out so well. For me, you know, I passed your tests pretty well. I I hoped that I would, and it was like, great, I'm ready for the CWT. For some of the other guys that we're working through this with, it's it's been so such a great tool because they've been like right at the cusp, right? And they're like, oh man, if I learn a little bit more about softeners, I can do this, right? Like I can get my 75%. So your course, again, great gut check. I think inspiring for some of the folks that are doing the studies. And then when I went to go take the test, like they were great questions. They were great preparation going into the CWT. We worked through a lot of the problems afterwards, but you also, you know, put together kind of you going through each problem and explaining how you arrive at these answers. So really, really, really excellent resource. Yeah, for those playing along at home, if you go through the course, uh, you take the exam and it's 100 questions and then you get your grade right there, just like you would if you were signed up and taking the actual exam. 
But then there is a video for each one of the questions so you can see how I take the exam along with you or after you've taken that. And then I tell you how I go into how I find the answer. And then I have some extra resources on each page so you can go and research more. And something that I also did, and I want to ask you about this, is I throw several standardized test-taking techniques within that course. Uh, So if you just do not know the answer, I give you some techniques so you can at least whittle away some of the bad answers. Were you able to use those on the exam? Yeah, that was something that we liked going through. And also your math section. I think that was also really helpful, kind of in the preamble to taking your exam. Both of those just gave like a nice basis for actually getting into it. One of the things that I hear a lot is somebody takes the exam, they come back, they complain to me that there was this obscure question on the exam. They know they got that wrong. How could they possibly have put that on the exam? And I said, well, that sounds like something that they would have referenced in your reference material. And they say, what reference material? Please tell me you looked at your reference material before you looked at question one. Yeah. Can I address this? Please. This is a weird, for some reason, there is lack of clarity on what reference material, if there's any available, what's available. Your course actually did a great job of providing like nearly exactly what was available on the exam. But yeah, when I took the CWT, like half the screen's dedicated to your supplemental material and it's got, you know, like boiler ASME guidelines, things like that, or steam tables. So agreed. And that was my biggest thing with the guys that are also doing this was like, guys, don't rush into the test. Spend the first, I spent the first probably 15, 20 minutes clicking through each slide on that supplemental material reading through it and kind of making a note of what was available, right? It's like softener calculations and boiler information, periodic table, atomic weights, like things like that. So that I'm like, great. I don't have to freak out if I see this. The information's here. That is exactly what I ask people to do during that practice exam course. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And then with your course, I had the guys print that out, your supplemental material which it'd probably be better to do it on the screen so that it's the same as the course. But then they had a copy of that. I said, look, reference this. If you don't remember exactly, reference this. And then also ask them to use the calculators available on their Windows computers, right? Because that's what the exam is. It's just an on-screen calculator, less fancy than your, your scientific one. Not that you need any exotic functions, but get used to kind of clicking on the buttons or using your, you know, your keypad. That's a great tip to actually use the calculator that's on your computer. I love that. I'm going to have to add that to the course. Yeah, because, you know, it is funkier. Yeah, and now you're used to it. And uh, I, I think the more you prepare by, of course, studying the material, but also knowing what to expect, your mind can take so much more and you don't get overloaded on the day of the exam. That is exactly, I think, like the most important point, because I know that like our seasoned guys here know the information, but man, 200 questions and like a weird test environment, you know, you got to go take it at Pearson, whatever. And 200 questions is just, that's like, uh, like psychologically draining. 
sure. right? to like stay on that long. And then if you're not prepared for the supplemental material or the calculator, they just add on, right? So I think those are such big things so that you keep your mental like resources primed to do their actual work. Can you walk us through the registration process and then going to the testing center and how you got your results? Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to because there's a funny story there. So go to the AWT website, the CWT portion of it, and what you have to do is print off an application where I think you fill out like your full government name, middle name, everything, and then some method of payment, and you send that in to Angela at the AWT office. She sends you back a registration number, right? She emails you that back. Once you have that number, you can get on Pearson's website and enter your information and sign up for the test date that you're looking for. So a little bit of like homework that you need to do beforehand. So do not wait until like the week you want to do it. This needs to be done. I think once you get that number, it's available for a year. Is that right? I honestly don't know when that expires. I think it's for a year. So if you're planning to take it, might as well get that done, right? And get that all kind of ironed out. Um, from there, you go on Pearson, schedule the time for your exam, and you show up. Yeah, you can like keep a water bottle out of your locker, but everything else, jewelry, everything goes into a locker. And you're given some scratch paper and like a Sharpie marker that you know doesn't erase. And you sat down at your computer, you click through a couple practice questions, and then it's a three-hour and 50-minute exam to answer 200 questions. It's a marathon. And <laughs> that's like, you know, a very apt race for it because slow and steady, right? That's the other thing I'm working with my guys on is like, especially some of the math questions. Oh, most important strategy for the whole thing. There's the ability to flag questions. If you're like on the fence about something, don't fret. Like when you're fretting, you're just draining yourself. You're like boosting your anxiety. Like don't fret. If you're unsure about a question, flag it and keep moving. Because again, if you've been in this five years, the chances that you can get 70% of the questions I think are pretty good. So then you just got to get a few more to get your passing grade 75% on each section. Is that right, Trace? I think that sounds right. Yes. So if you're, if you're not sure, flag the question. And then when you get to the 200th, once you get to the end of the exam, question 200, you'll hit end, but it'll take you to a review screen. Then you can look at how many questions you've missed. That's great. Cause when you don't know a question it like, it terrifies you cause you don't want to fail this big exam. But then when we went to the review, I was like, Oh, I'm actually okay, right? Like, even if I don't get these, I think I'm going to be okay, just based on how many I had checked that I wasn't sure on. Connor, did you find that once you went through all of the questions, you saw all 200, and you went back to then go through the review where you selected a few of the questions that you were thinking a little bit differently. Maybe a question, maybe 20 down the road, got you thinking of that question a little bit differently. And then you were able to go back and answer it with something a little bit different. There was definitely two or three of those. Yeah. Where like, you like pick up on a piece of information, exactly a few questions down and you're like, oh, okay, I know this one. 
Yeah, they tried very hard not to have one question answer another. So I doubt you're ever going to find that, but you never know how your brain's going to help you. And there's just a way question 20 was worded that helps you answer question three in your mind. And then you can go back and you're like, hey, I know that answer. Yeah, agreed. And then again, just knowing, like being able to have a realistic assessment at the end of the questions that I was unsure of Mm -hmm. and knowing that, okay, this is actually probably okay. So the funny part was I was told you get your answers right away. As soon as you click submit, it gives you congratulations or boohoo, you did not pass. So I hit submit and nothing happened. It took me to a screen that just said, thank you for taking the CWT. I was like, oh no, like here I am. Well, that's better than the screen that said, sorry, we were unable to save your test. (laughs) Yeah, well, better than that, yeah. But um, like I thought it was going to tell me if I passed. So I'm like, oh no, like here I am, like, putting on weekly courses for these other guys and, you know, technical manager out of here. I'm like, I just flipped and failed this. And I walk into the other room and this, uh, this woman was so, we, we had a good rapport. We were like <laughs> laughing in the morning when I signed in, I see her pull something off the printer and she goes, I'm really sorry to tell you that you passed the exam. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, my stomach was an absolute nuts, but all was well, got the passing grade. It was a very challenging test, but looking back, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was a worthwhile test. Uh, I think it was a good kind of determination of general water treatment knowledge. And I'll kind of continue that, you know, the what the CWT process is, right? So one of the reasons that I, I waited a while after joining industrial water engineering is because the next step is getting three outside letters of recommendation, right? And then one internal letter of recommendation, which Bernadette has written for me, hopefully had nice things to say about me. But you need three external letters of recommendation, right? So that process, I was actually looking forward to the least. I really don't like, you know, kind of asking people for things like that, right? Like kind of for them to do me a favor. But man, Right after I passed the exam, I kind of started that process and it turned out like it was, it actually became a really rich thing. And going back to some of the stuff we were talking about, it gave me an opportunity to explain the CWT and what I had just gone through to some really important customers of ours and be like, yeah, I'm really proud of this. I've established myself as a certified water technologist, took a really difficult test this week. And now I'm asking you to write a letter of recommendation on my behalf saying that, you know, you support me and, you know, you would hire me. And I think it was a great bonding moment for the three people that I chose. So overall, CWT experience, challenging, extremely worthwhile. I can't imagine how you are now elevated in those three people's eyes that you asked them to write that letter that had to have multiplied that relationship by at least tenfold. Like truly, it really did feel very special for me to ask those people. And there was like just an acknowledgement of the work that I had done. And then an acknowledgement of our relationship for me to feel comfortable with that. I'm like, I'm so happy with who I chose 
Agreed. Well, well said. Well, here's the question everybody wants to know. So you're taking an almost four-hour exam, answering 200 questions. You've got your bottle of water there. You're staying hydrated. How do you go to the bathroom? Oh, yeah. Two pro tips there. No biggie, right? You raise your hand. They come over, I don't know, kind of look things over, let you go out to the restroom, right? Then you come back, sit down. Absolutely. During those breaks, bring a banana or something. Bring something that's going to give your brain a little energy. I wish that I had. I went in on a light breakfast and man, 200 questions just chomps up the the neurological juice. I would have killed for a banana during my (laughs) bathroom break. So I went through the test in about two hours and was like bathroom time for sure. And just would have loved to have some sort of snack to then sit down, review the questions I'd missed, and actually go through most of the test again. I think this has been great. I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, maybe this isn't that bad, especially if I put a plan to it. And you now, of course, have given them your plan. So why not just copy what you did? I have no doubt that we have converted several Scaling Up Nation members today that they're going to take that next step. So thank you for all of that information. Yeah, again, thank you. You introduced me to the 12-week year, and that was like the best roadmap for getting this done. I think it would have been a hectic, chaotic sort of run if I had not set out a roadmap and determined when I was going to do it. So I appreciate that, Trace. Absolutely. Like many things, you've, uh, you've given a lot of wisdom to the people around you. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. And I, of course, took that wisdom from somebody else. I think that's how, how we do that. So, and of course, after you learned, you passed the examination, you, of course, had some sort of party. And I'm willing to bet it was a mullet party. Do you want to <laughs> tell the nation a little bit about that? Chase, we uh, we haven't had a good mullet party because I'm in the process of buying a house. But our first party will be a mullet party. And uh, my brother and I, probably about four years ago now, we started a company called Mullet Party. And the goal, you know, our first mullet party, Trace, we had people from like all over. It was a going away party for a friend. And I didn't know his friend group and he didn't know mine. And there's some nerves about like, ah, are all these people going to like get along, you know, and like have, have fun. And I love Halloween. We had all of these wigs and I busted out the wigs. It was a little bit weird at first, <laughs> but man, once they, once everybody committed to it, it is like such a party hack because it's like the ultimate icebreaker. You're like, you're not a stranger when everybody looks like silly. So then we kind of like curtailed it a little bit to mullets because we were like, that's even funnier. And uh, yeah, we've been selling um, these bags of mullets, these mullet party packs. And it sounds like we might be able to mullet party. I think we might have a mullet party at the Rising Tide Mastermind live event. That is a possibility. Beautiful. Well, We'll uh, we'll get to do it live then, and I can't wait because because uh, it, it is a hoot. Connor, if somebody out there wants to have a mullet party of their own, what should they do? So we're uh, we're just you know it's a fun sort of pastime. We have an online store mulletparty.com, and uh, order a bag. 
send us a message and let us know what it's for. We love trying to uh, like customize the, the bags, add in like little things that we have. Shoot us a message. Let us know what it's for. We love mullet parties. We love seeing pictures from them. And uh, Trace, can't wait to party with you, man. Awesome. I just I just can't imagine when somebody gets that package and there's just this bag of mullets on their front porch. That's got to be a very exciting moment. So Chris Yee's been wearing his for our masterminds calls. <laughs> dude, that dude rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the podcast not too terribly long ago. He yeah. definitely does rock. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences about the Certified Water Technologist exam. Like I said, I know we've helped a lot of people here. It's my hope by the end of the year, when you accept your recognition at the AWT convention, that maybe we've got 100 this year. I hope we just have just an amazing standing line for people waiting to go get recognized to pick up that badge that they get. Trace, I want people to like absolutely like commit to it and do that and then i want us all to like and you do such a great job of this but all of us to like make it clear what that achievement is because the water industry is so variable and it's such a great way to show that you're competent and what you're capable of so agreed i hope people get on it and i hope that we just continue to grow it because i think it's powerful Well, I can't wait to see how many people actually rise to the occasion, and uh, I will celebrate each one of them at this year's convention. Connor, not quite done with our questions yet. We're going to shift gears, and we're going to go straight to the lightning round. Are you buckled in? Uh, I'm ready, Trace. All right. So uh, I ask these questions of all of my guests. And then, of course, the Scaling Up Nation, they wager to see how well they do with their predictions of how you're going to answer. So the first question is, uh, you can now go back in time and speak to your former self on your first day as an industrial water treater. What advice would you give yourself? Man, be patient and know that know that it gets better. Know that you'll love this. I just remember like feeling so overwhelmed and everybody uses the phrase drinking from the fire hose. I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and I I wish that I knew then at that time, yeah, it was like knots in my stomach. Like, Oh, what am I, what am I doing? Is this right for me? Ah. And uh, if, if I had any sense then how much I would love this career and this field would have helped with some of the anxiety. So yeah, be patient and know that you will love this. Love that answer. What are the last few books that you've read? Well, I've read all the books. You know, what have we read? Six Types of Work and Genius, mm-hmm. uh, 12 Week Year, and Traction, all amazing, big influences in, you know, my personal professional life. I'm a big science fiction guy. Uh, so I read Andy Weir's Project Hail Mary. Love The Martian, Project Hail Mary, also great. And then Really struggled through a three-body problem and have dabbled into the, the sequel there. But probably the two, I read two books pretty much repeatedly each year, and that is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And uh, I've given those both an audio listen this year, and those ones really keep me going. 
I've got certain books that I listen to every year. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is one of those. And I'm always amazed at how I hear something that I didn't hear the last 50 times that I've read. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. When they make a movie about Connor, who do you want playing you? Oh, I don't know. That That's a really tough one. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give an answer, but uh, it's a funny one. I just don't have a better one. A, a young McConaughey. <laughs> All right. I can see that. Uh, I can definitely see that. So last question. You now have the ability to speak with anybody throughout history. Who to be with and why? Like right now where I'm at, I think that I would want to talk. I'd want to hang out with Abraham Lincoln. So my dad's a big history guy and he reads us the Emancipation Proclamation like mm-hmm. often. Just think wants to give us a sense of history and how differently things could be and, you know, how much certain people, you know, influence the world. And for Lincoln to be such a like he had so much tragedy in his life, Um, you know, three of his four sons died and he just struggled so much and yet struggled through a civil war and then brought a nation together afterwards. And I just I think that he's a really beautiful character in, in history that I think would be powerful to be in his presence. I love that answer. I was at a conference and they had an actor come in and play Abraham Lincoln. And he started talking about his life and it was all uh, failure and mayhem and distress and all of this stuff. And most people had never heard that. And that was the entire point that, you know, you don't remember that about him. You remember what made him great, but he had to go through all of that in order to get there. Yeah. Love that answer. Connor, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Trace, it's always fun, man. Thank you for having me. Nation, Connor is one of those people that the first time that I met him, I felt like I knew him for years. And I know that you have people in your life like that, that you've met people and you know you just met them right there, but you feel like you just had this connection with them forever. That was the situation when I met Connor, which leads me to a thought. And the thought is, how are you putting yourself into environments where you can meet people to enforce why you are in this industry? And think about that. Are you intentionally putting yourself in an environment where you can meet people that are forcing you to get better? And that led me to all the things that I've done in my career to put myself in that very situation. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is when I started my firm, the advice, the first piece of advice that somebody gave me was I had to join a trade association, a trade association that was made just for our industry. And if you're in the same type of industrial water treatment as I am, That is the Association of Water Technologies. And through the Association of Water Technologies, I started to meet people that I would not have had the opportunity to meet if I did not take that person's advice. But it didn't stop there. 
I then learned because I met these people who gave me more advice. And they said, if you really want to get out of any organization more than what you put into it, you've got to put into it. And I want you to think if you are a member of any organization and you are not volunteering, you are not putting yourself out there to help educate people, to help bring whatever it is that you can bring from your experiences to that organization, you probably are getting just as much out of it as what you are putting into it. So that is my call to action for you. Not just join an organization, but put into it. And if you put into it, I promise that it will be a multiple factor of how much you get out of it. And that's what I heard. That's what I was told. And that's what I did. I started volunteering with the Association of Water Technologies that led me to start serving on some committees. That led me to start chairing committees. That led me to get on the board of directors. That led me to become president of the Association of Water Technologies. And that led me to being very active on the education committee of the Association of Water Technologies. And boy, has that paid me back. Not only have I met people, I have just received so much information, so much knowledge. And going back to the people aspect, I would not have had the opportunity to meet these people had I not showed up for that. And these are not just people that give me information. These are people that I consider friends. So it's my hope that you are out there looking on whatever industry of water treatment that you are in to find whatever organization that you can put you into. I promise you will never regret that. Another thing that came to mind is how am I really forcing myself to grow within those environments. And that made me think of the Rising Tide Mastermind. Of course, Connor and I spoke about the Rising Tide Mastermind. And this is a mastermind group that I created years ago that continues to grow around industrial water treatment. And folks, let me tell you, this is an incubator for excellence. The whole premise is how do we help each other get better and not just get better, but further, faster, and with a lot more fun than we could have ever done on our own? That is the whole reason behind the Rising Tide Mastermind. And mastermind is not a term that I created. Mastermind is a type of group that has been around since Ben Franklin. He called his Huntus. So there might be a group out there that is an even better fit for you than the Rising Tide Mastermind. But the whole point is, what environments are you putting yourself into to ensure, to propel you to get better than what you are now? Folks, if we don't get a little bit better each and every day, 
we are sliding backwards. Think about that. As all the information comes out, as our customers become so much smarter because of the ease in how they can find information on the internet, if we are not challenging ourselves each and every day, it is very likely that we can become obsolete. Now, speaking of the Rising Tide Mastermind, next week, we are having our live event. And the live event is where the Rising Tide Mastermind comes together here in Atlanta, and it is just an amazing experience. We come together, we have meals together, but we, we normally have an assignment that we do that pushes us to be better. And then we have workshops, we have speakers, we have all these things designed around everything that I'm talking about in this dialogue, making sure that when we go back to our individual businesses, we have handles to start working on us. And of course, there are so many other events that you can attend, like the ones I mentioned in the beginning of this show. So all of that, I'm hoping that you are putting yourself into environments where you can enforce why you are in this industry and how you are defining excellence within this industry. A second question that comes to mind is how are you putting yourself in situations? So before it was environments, now it's situations that demand that you grow towards however you define excellence. And I think it's everything that I have mentioned up to this point, and we can even add to that. We can talk about training seminars. There's so many training seminars that are out there. We've got pretty much all of them listed on our events page. And there might be one out there that will help you get to however you define excellence. Also, online courses. Maybe you don't have to go anywhere. Now, the fine folks here at Scaling Up H2O are working on Scaling Up H2O Academy, where we have several courses out right now where you can start to learn and challenge yourself to become better in that industrial water treatment arena. So again, however you define excellence, Normally, education is the foundation that all of that is built. So to find out more about that, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash academy. And something you might not think about is something you have right now, something that you do each and every day. And of course, that is your job. Are you taking full advantage of your job? And then are you looking at it as a job or are you treating it as the incubator for your training, the incubator for you creating however you define excellence and how you increase your skill level? So think about everything that you do in your day-to-day -day, and what are some things that you can do to help enhance how you do that. Do you know how every single one of the tests you use actually work? Now, to think about all of them all at once, that might be too intimidating and maybe you don't have time for that, but maybe you take one of your tests and you research it. 
And now when you go to run that test, you're thinking about the reactions that are taking place. You're thinking about all of the items that you learned in your research and how those are actually coming together in the test that you are running. Maybe you're investigating a piece of equipment that you're working on. Maybe you know what it looks like, but you really don't know how it works. So you do some research on that. And now when you're in front of that piece of equipment, you are now envisioning all the things that are happening inside of that. And when you treat your job like that, you are treating your job to a higher level. And you are making sure you're not just doing the what and the how of your job, you're understanding the why. And folks, let me warn you, this prescription comes with a warning level because the why behind everything that you do is addictive. And I promise if you start learning the why behind all these things that you have to do, it will lead you to have to get to the next why and you will just see your entire job in a totally different light. And that is how I treat my job. How do I learn more why? How do I talk to people to learn more why? What's the why I don't know? And then here's the big one. What's the why I don't know I don't know? That's a huge one. How do I figure out what I don't know I don't know? And I tell you, that drives me each and every day to do everything I have just talked about. Well, of course, something else you can do to increase the why is listen to this podcast. We've got this podcast that comes to you each and every week about this very industry. And it's my hope as you listen to all of the content that we have available to you, you are increasing your why. You're increasing your curiosity. You're increasing how you define excellence in this industry. And to help you even more with that, here is James McDonald. Hello and welcome to the Periodic Water Table with James, where we think and learn about water chemistry drop by drop. Please use your week to search online, ask your colleagues, or even pick up a book to learn more about each week's periodic water table topic. If you do, at the end of the year, you'll be 52 water chemistry smarter. So let's raise the water table of knowledge together and get started. Today's topic is... Monomers, the building blocks of polymers. What is a monomer? What are the various forms of monomers used in industrial water treatment? What functionality can each of these monomers bring? Are there synergies between them? How are monomers used to make polymers? When monomers are combined to form polymers, do all the polymers in a batch have the exact same discrete composition of monomers, or is the batch of polymer described more as an average of what the molecules are estimated to be when examined together? How can supply chain shortages of a monomer impact industrial water treatment? Remember, knowledge is power, and taking the time to learn more about water chemistry each week will help make you a force to be reckoned with. 
Be sure to post what you learned to social media and tag it with hashtag WaterTable23 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. I look forward to learning more from you. Nation, tomorrow we are celebrating the Global 6K. Of course, that is May 20th. This is where people all around the world are coming together wherever they are to bring awareness to the global water crisis. We know that not everybody has access to clean drinking water, and we want people to know that. And we want people to help with that cause. And the first thing that we have to do is educate people that there is an issue out there. And the first thing we're going to do is educate people why it's a 6K and not a 5K. It's a 6K because the average person that does not have access to clean drinking water has to walk six kilometers to go and retrieve that water. And this is normally water that most people would not want to drink. And because there's so much time spent going to get and bring back water, people are not in school. People are on dangerous roads and getting captured and human trafficking and all these horrible things that you can imagine, they are putting themselves at risk for. So Team World Vision, through your donation of just $50, and that's what the entry is into the Global 6K, will bring clean drinking water to one individual. Now, you're probably saying, Trace, I don't have time. That's tomorrow. That is hours away, but you do. Now, true, you are not going to get the packet with the t-shirt and all of that stuff, but you can still get behind this cause. And if you want to learn more about this, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. There is still time. And folks, let me tell you, to get together with your team members, to get together with your neighbors, and just bring education to the global water crisis to other people, that is empowering because now it allows people to realize that there is something that is very wrong in our world today and we can all do something about it. It's not something we are helpless in. It is something that we can very much help with, and together we can put an end to the global water crisis. Nation, I hope you all have a great week, and I'll have a brand new episode for you next Friday. Scale It Up Nation, you have heard from people that have taken the CWT practice exam course to help solidify their ability to feel confident to sign up for the Certified Water Technologist Examination. And it is my call to action for all of you that you define what excellence is in our industry and you find yourself challenging yourself to get your certification within this industry. Now, I know that that is very intimidating and you have to know so much information in order to successfully pass the Certified Water Technologist Examination. 
I am here to help build your confidence around what you already know. I am here to ensure that you confidently schedule the exam because I guarantee you will never pass the exam if you never schedule to take it. I've got two ways for you to get that confidence that we are talking about. And both of those ways start with you going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. Once again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. You will see there is a free course that has me taking you through the entire certification handbook that AWT gives to you to learn how to get your certified water technologist designation. It's my hope that you take this free gift from me to you to help build your confidence. And after taking this course, you will know everything that you need to do in order to get your CWT designation. There is also an additional course there that you can take and this gives you a practice exam to see how you are as far as questions that you could see similar questions on the examination. After you take that 100 question practice exam, you will then see a video for each one of those questions of me teaching you how I derive the correct answer. You will see tips and tricks on how to take standardized exams, and you will also find reference material. If there is a topic that you do not know enough about, I pinpoint where you can go to learn more. So many people are gaining confidence by these two courses. I urge you to find out more to see if these courses are right for you. And to do that, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep.